Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. Y'all ready for tonight? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we pray that tonight uh, we would encounter uh, your presence in a powerful way. God, I pray that every person in this room, uh, Lord, would, would experience something new tonight. And tonight you would, you would minister to us in such a way, God, that we would never forget it in Jesus' name. And somebody said, amen. And uh, I just, I, I am so amazed uh, at the power that words have. I'm amazed that we sit here tonight and uh, all we've done is experience tonight the power of words. Uh, worship is not um, something that we do because we, we feel like we want to do Christian karaoke uh, because we just want to jump a little bit. In fact, if anything, most of us are tired. We've been here all day. Uh, I don't really jump for many things except for a dance in worship. Um, and I don't dance because someone made me. I dance because there's something in my heart that has been shifted. And uh, I'm telling you tonight, uh, we, we didn't have worship tonight because the preacher wasn't ready. Uh, because I was in the back trying to figure out what I was going to say. If anything, uh, my wife says I have a lot to say all the time. Uh, and, and most preachers would, would tell you that. So we don't have worship because um, the preacher isn't ready. Really, the only reason why we have worship is because it carries the power of something. This power of words. It's simply a, a vehicle that carries uh, these impacting, powerful words that we start uniting with and singing. Really, the only reason why we start with worship is because it's easier to accept the power of those words when it comes through the vehicle of music. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening all around the world. Uh, really, we, I just like the beat. No, no, there's something else coming into your ears and into your heart and into your life uh, beyond the beat. And we believe that here tonight, that really, if you read the book of Psalms, uh, those are all songs. They, David was one of the greatest songwriters to ever exist. Uh, what Andrew did tonight, he simply displayed the power of words, but it came through a beat. So you might have been tapping your leg or, or shaking your head or, or doing something. You might have forgot even about your problem, and all of a sudden you begin to sing. Your name is higher. Your name is greater. Your name, you may have come in this room depressed, frustrated, tired, and feeling like a whole bunch of things were higher than God's name, but that beat was there, and somehow you just kind of felt this corporate thing that everyone was doing. It may have started out as Christian karaoke, but the more you sang it tonight, the more your heart united with those words. And here's the power of united with words. At the same time of uniting, you also disagree with other words. You cannot unite with God, your name is greater, God, your name is higher, and at the same time, have a divided heart and believe something else. If you really mean those words, you cannot also think, oh, this fear is just as high as your name, or this pain, or this sickness, or this anger, or the, they, they have to, when you start singing, God, your name is higher, it all of a sudden dumps the scales 
See, it's not just the power of what you agree with. It's also what you disagree with when you agree with something. That's why it's powerful to agree with anger, fear, lust, lies, because you have to disagree with who God's called you to be. That's why it's powerful when you start agreeing with, I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. How much power do words have? I mean, some of us are still trying to outlive and outrun the words that have come from our past. I don't know about you, but for 30 years of my life, I tried to outlive misfit, good for nothing. That wasn't a cool word back then, man. It wasn't cool to be a misfit. Some people, someone said, man, you have this gift of gathering the misfits, right? You have this gift of pulling people together that no one would, no one would see. You know, I have that gift because I'm a misfit. Right? I got made fun of. I got left out. I, I didn't have all the right friends. As soon as I tried to be in the in crowd, the in crowd moved. And I, I was left out in the cold crowd. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes you got to go through some stuff to find out why you disagree with what the enemy is saying over you. Sometimes you got to go through someone calling you a loser before you can discover, I'm not a loser. I'm not a failure. I'm not going to be what you said just because you said it. How... How have you allowed their words to have power over your life? And over my life, it's because I've agreed with what they said. And I've taken it on and I've become it. And I've, How much power do words have? There are people that are right now, they are trying to get straight A's in school. Not because they want to graduate, but because they want to prove someone wrong in the third grade who said they were stupid. And how much power do those words have? I'm amazed by the power of words. It's always been a battle of words. And words create. Words orchestrate. Words originate. That's why we're here tonight. See, I'm just like a cosmic cowboy. Swinging a rope of words. And I had the music come in and bring these words so delicately before you. And now I have no music. It's just me out here alone with words. And my prayer tonight is that these words will lasso around your heart and break into places that I have no right getting into or no ability to get to. And they will come in and then begin to do something inside of us that we start saying like Jeremiah, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I grow weary of holding it in. I must let it out. What do you mean? Well, when the word... When the word failure gets in and you let it out, then that's what happens. But when the word champion gets in, mighty warrior gets in, head and not the tail gets in, chosen son or daughter of God, high priest, I am the head and not the tail. I am first and not last. He chose me, not no, I didn't, I didn't choose him. I was alone in my sin, messed up, walking the wrong way, and his love was commanded towards me. And his love weren't words. They were the word. That's why words have power. Because in the beginning was the word. Before light. Before the earth. Before the stars. Before breath. Before everything that we sit in and hold. There were words. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. That's why words have power, because words, his word, is him. I think we hear that, but we, we don't all the way read the rest of it. Uh, it says in that verse, John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. 
And he was with God in the beginning, Jesus. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. But the darkness understands it not. You see, it wasn't Moses' stick that split the seas. It was Jesus. Because Jesus got into Moses when the bush showed up. And it burned and God spoke through the bush. See, it wasn't a stick that split seas. It was the word that split the seas. Because the word got poured into Moses and it came out in the form of what he had in his hands. I want to ask, what do you have in your hands? Because when the word gets in, it will be developed through what's in your hands. Some of us have thrown away what's in our hands because we thought it was what was in our hands that was going to do it. But it's the word that has been spoken over your life because the word is the light. The darkness understands it not. Look, meaning no one around you is going to understand why you're able to do what you do and why stuff is coming through you. It doesn't understand it. It's not the same thing because the light is coming and is pushing back the darkness the darkness understood it not that's why the word was in every single hero you look at their life it was always a battle of words when David came before Goliath it was a battle of words Goliath had not swung his sword one time but it kept coming out and mocking the armies of God, throwing words. Can I tell you this? If ever you are to step out on God's word that he has spoken over your life, get ready. Because as soon as you step out, remember, it's a battle of words. As soon as you step out on his word, words are going to come from every angle, every element, every place. And look, if you stop agreeing with the devil over your life, he's not going to stop talking. He may stop talking to you, but he's going to stop talking to her and him. And they're going to speak those words to you. It might be your closest friends that have aligned with the enemy's voice over your life. But it's okay because they can't see what God has said to you. You're the one who has heard him and knows that you know that there is something inside of you that he's spoken to you. It's always been a battle of words. Always been a battle of words. David and Goliath. David stepped up. You know why David killed the giant? Not because he was brave. Not because he was courageous. Not because he was strong. Because he had a word spoken over him. God chose not his brothers, but he chose him through Samuel that poured out oil on David's head and said, you're the next king of Israel. You know what he was doing? He was claiming his kingdom. When he showed up and Goliath was about to own the kingdom, he showed up and said, there's been a word that's been spoken over my life. And if I got to take some rocks and throw them at you, I'm going to believe that word more than I'm going to believe your word always been a battle of words jesus showed up with simply a battle of words he showed up with one weapon his word and he was the word in revelations it says this at the very end of revelations it says i had fire in my eyes i had a sword he had a sword sticking out of his mouth he, he rode like a white horse all this crazy epic stuff and at the end of it it says and his name was the word jesus is the word what are we doing tonight we are simply getting jesus down inside of us the Bible, the Word of God is called the, graft, the engrafted Word of God, meaning this. When they skin graft your body, if you have a, a wound or a burn or something in your body that cannot be healed, your skin has no ability to grow back. You're, you're, you've been wounded so bad that it is like gaping, it's open, it's just no hope. They will take 
grafted skin that they've grown and they will stick it on your body and they will keep it there with whatever uh, ability they can until your skin accepts that skin as its own and pulls it together and becomes a new healthy place where there was hurt and wound before. This is what the word of God is. It is not you, but it is made to be a part of you so that you can walk into this room and not feel peace and not feel joy and have to have no ability to conjure it up on your own. But when we put this word, and if you don't let it just flow over you tonight, you actually grab a hold of it and say, you know what? This is for me. I, I may not, I, I've never been to a church like this. I'm, I'm saying if you grab this tonight and you let it sit on you and you let it this week breathe in you and you start saying you know what this it has to be more than a moment's time this is why people go to church and they never get healed they come and take up residence in a pew or a nice cushy seat and then they walk out the same and they walk out wounded and hurt because we're wearing band-aids still and we're hiding stuff because it's just easier to do but I don't want to play church I want to have a church that says look let's rip off all these band-aids let's rip off all this stuff and I, I don't know about you but I need the word I need to get down on me I need it to be grafted in me I, I, I need I need something unearthly I need and look what you're not asking for is some religious book to come sit on you because this is not a book it's a life and its name is Jesus I need Jesus to come sit up on these wounds, this hurt from my past, this these wounds that people caused and words caused. I need the word to get grafted in me. And here's how you can have joy where you didn't have it before. You can have peace where you didn't have it before because the word is now you. Yeah. So how can I walk out and do what God's called me to do? I'm going to need the word. I'm going to need it to wrap itself around me. I'm going to need it to be my shield. I'm going to need it to guide me. I'm going to need it to protect me. And so tonight, if Jesus is the word, tonight, all we're doing is we're going to talk about Jesus. Is that okay? Is it okay if for just one second we can just talk about Jesus? Is that, okay? is that a good place to talk about Jesus? Probably in church. I had one guy say, man, I like when you preach, but I just, I don't know about all this Jesus stuff. Well, you came to the wrong church, baby. This is a church about Jesus. This is not a church about religion. This is a church about Jesus. Anybody love Jesus up in this building? Mm. Jesus. The Bible says that this Jesus, because he made himself obedient, uh, Philippians 2, 7, but, but he himself, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance of man and humbled himself and came obedient even to death. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name. Somebody say name. name. Above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow those in heaven, those on earth and those under earth. See, Jesus is uh, a word, but it's the highest word. So we can have power in words, but the most powerful word, because he made himself obedient to death on a cross, ultimately that led to my life and your life. It was that Jesus that God said, okay, now you get to have the highest name, the name above every names. And at your name, not even you showing up, but just your name showing up. Every knee should bow, not just in one room, not just in one city, not just in one nation, not just in one earth, but on three realms. 
in heaven, on earth, and under earth. There is no one else in God's green earth that just at their name, bowing takes place on three realms. Not one realm, three realms. When we said the name, when we say the name, bowing just took place. Did you see that? Heaven. All the angels just took a bow. The burning ones, they stopped their song just for a moment because you said the name. Legions bowed. On earth, your problems just had to bow. Your pain just had to bow. It's not just what you agree with, it's also what you disagree with when you agree. And under earth, the enemy who's been torturing you, tormenting you, giving you dreams, blaming you for what you thought about, what you said, what you did. No, you gave me those thoughts. I've been walking them out. You put those words, but he just had to take a break for a second and bow. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to take a praise break because I realize that when Jesus is said and Jesus is in my life, that... have to take a bow on three realms there is no other name no other no other famous person no other special person except the name Jesus anybody in love with Jesus in this room he's the first and he is the last he is the beginning and at the same time he's the end he's the keeper of all creation and he's the creator of all he's the architect of the universe he's the manager of all time he always was he always is and he always will be unmoved unchanged undefeated and he's never undone he was bruised and he brought my healing he was pierced and he eased pain he was persecuted and brought freedom he was dead and he brought life He's risen and he brings power. He reigns and he brings peace. The world can't understand him. Armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him away. Leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't hold him. Nero tried his best, but he couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. Although he burned his book, he didn't realize that he was the book. New age will never replace him. Talk show hosts cannot explain him away. He is light. He is love. He is longevity. He is goodness and kindness and gentleness. And he is God. He's holy. He's righteous. He's mighty. And he's powerful. And he's pure. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about tonight. But I'm talking about the name. The name of Jesus in this building. His will is unchanging. And his mind it's on me. He is my redeemer. He is my guide. He is my peace. I don't know about you, but he's my joy. He's my comfort. He's my Lord and he rules my life. I will serve him because his bond is love. His burden is light and his goal for me is abundant life. I will follow him because he is the wisdom of the wise, the power of the powerful, the ancient of days, the ruler of rulers, the leader of leaders, the overseer of the overcomers. Do I have any overcomers in the house today? He's the sovereign Lord of all, of is and is to come. And if that sounds impressive to you, I want us all to try this on for size. His number one goal in life 
is a relationship with you and me. See, he's not big to punish you or be mad at you or to push you away. In fact, his greatness is to show you that he can love even frail little old me. And he knows every hair on your head. He designed your fingerprint, your tongue print, and your eye print that no one else has in the entire world. He also is in charge of your destiny. Mm. He will never leave me, never forget me, never mislead me. He will never cancel an appointment in his appointment book with me. When I fall, he will lift me. When I confess failure, he forgives me. When I'm weak, he's strong. When I'm lost, he's the way. When I'm afraid, he's my courage. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about tonight, but I'm not talking about fearless. I'm not talking about Jeremy. I'm not talking about a superstar. I'm talking about the star. His name is Jesus. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I'm hurt, he heals me. When I'm broken, he mends me. When I'm blind, he leads me. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he is with me. He may not rescue me from the fire. He may just rescue me in the fire. And his name is when I face persecution, he'll shield me. When I face problems, he comforts me. When I face loss, he provides me. When I face death, he will carry me home. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, in every way. He is God. He is faithful. I am his and he is So if you're wondering why I feel so secure in my call, he said it and that settles it. He is the I am. I mean the great I am. And he never had a competition ever. His name is Jesus. Bowing just took place. Three rounds. Some of you came in for some, with some stuff that has been hovering over you. Some words, some accusations, some things you've been dragging around. But as soon as you started agreeing with Jesus, things started bowing in your life. Yeah. And it's that name. The 35 years of life. It's that name that. It's never failed me. A lot of people have let me down. I've let myself down. But it's that name that when no other name will do, you know when you just get inside a predicament that you can't figure your way out. It's that name that I've called upon. Jesus! It's that name. It's almost like those moments he rips the canvas open, steps into time. But we know he didn't step in. Maybe it's not him ripping the canvas open. Maybe it's him pulling up the blindfold. Because he was there all along. May not have felt him, may not have known he was, but he was always there. In fact, those moments you thought he left you, he was carrying you. It's that name. I mean, there have been several times where I didn't know what to do. They didn't teach me certain things in Bible college. We were at a youth camp, and they walk up, one of the youth pastors, one of the youth leaders, and 
They looked down and said, what's going on? What's, what's, what's happening? Are you, are you okay? They said, you know, we just need prayer. On the way here, we just got a call that one of our girls and their family, they were driving to this youth camp, and a rock slide happened, and it tumbled onto their car, and uh, the, the girl in the group, she, she's going to be, uh, she's not going to make it, I don't think. She's, she's, they say she will probably be a vegetable for the rest of her life. So we began to, we grabbed right there. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. That was in no manuals on what to say in that moment. There's no words that can, that can calm someone's nerves when they feel like they just lost someone they love. But there is one name that if you cry out to that name in certain moments, there's something that shifts in the atmosphere and certain lies that will fill your head that all of a sudden have to be dismantled in an instant. We begin to gather around and begin to call on that name. I didn't know what would happen, but I knew I could trust that name. I didn't know what would come out of it. I didn't know if we were going to have a victory port or we're going to have to have a funeral, but I knew that if I called on that name, he would know what to do. You know what I'm saying? We began to cry out to Jesus at that youth camp. They went away. We had our youth camp. We had several great nights of God showing up and people getting touched by God. And the last night, they came and they were crying. I saw them walking in the back row. I thought, man, she's the, the young girl's passed away. I, I, did, I didn't know what was going to happen, but they kind of came up to the front as I was closing out. We were dismissing. The worship had just ended. And they came up and they said, Pastor, we want to introduce you to the girl who had the rock slide fall on her. She's made it here tonight. She was in the hospital bed. They said she was going to be a vegetable, but I think those prayers worked, and they heard you. Here's a picture. We actually have a picture of that girl right here. She came to our youth camp, and I got to get up in front of the whole youth group who had prayed for her to, for her to come out of the hospital bed, and we had a turn-up party, baby. Some shifted in the atmosphere. It didn't matter what had happened that day or how tired you were. All of a sudden, when you see life overcome death and swallow it up and take the keys to the victory, nothing really matters anymore. We turned up. We danced. We shouted. Why? Because that name still didn't let us down. That name was still good. And his name is? His name is? I'll never forget the times that I've called upon that name, man, when no other name would do. Maybe you came with a lot of stuff tonight, and I got one answer for you. Jesus. That's it. You don't need Jesus and, Jesus plus, Jesus and can I have this? No, we just need him. He's enough. He's always been enough. And he's, if he's not, then he'll let you walk through every place looking for what you thought was enough until it fails you and it falls through your hands till you realize, man, that was right all along. I got to get back to there, man. Religion ain't going to do it. They've already done that. They've already crawled up uh, stairs with glass on the stairs to prove that they weren't worthy. They've already sacrificed to animals and other gods and different things, and it didn't work. But Jesus still works. That's all we need. We don't need another flyer. We don't need another band. We don't need more lights. We don't need another, we don't need another revival. This is revival. Jesus is revival. He wants to come in and revive us. He wants to come in and do something new in us. What if today we applied Jesus to every wound and every hurt and everything we thought we had, didn't have? We just said, you know what, Jesus, you're enough. What if we just, took a deep breath and said, you know what, Jesus, all I need is you. Sometimes I found myself just praying, God, if we just had this, if we just had more money, if we just had more leaders, if we just had, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm, this is totally wrong. 
We don't need more anything. He stepped out with nothing and created planets. <laughs> we don't need the resources. We just need him. And if we have him, we have everything else. And it's that name I've called upon when nothing else would do. I remember this kid standing in church uh, one morning. And uh, he goes, hey, the name's Caleb. I said, oh, cool, man. How's it going? Have I met you before? He said, uh, no, you never met me. I said, okay, cool. So I, I, that's the first time I heard your name. Yeah, it's the first time. But I just wanted to tell you, I didn't know if it would ring any bells. Caleb Lemmings. He said, Caleb Lemmings. I don't know. I've never met you. I said, oh, yeah. All of a sudden, something rung in my head. Because about two months earlier, we were having a staff meeting in our youth office. And this crazy, bronze-looking grandpa busted through the doors. Looked like he had lived a long life. We, we, our youth offices was, was, uh, was right across the street from a hospital. And uh, our church was right there. And so they would, anybody that was crazy that the hospital didn't want to take care of, you know, crazy people, you know, they just, you know what I'm saying. They would send them over to our youth office to get counseling. So we would get, one time I walked into like our youth uh, intern lounge and there was just a naked guy just laying like a, like a 400 pound naked dude just laying on a table. <laughs> so I walked out and got like the other team members and said, hey, dude, you got to go in there. There's an emergency in there. <laughs> I mean, just crazy people. I learned how to, like, pray for demons by them showing up to our, you know, people, like, possessed, like, talking in five different languages, like, crazy stuff. But it's all thanks to the hospital. So when this guy busted into our, our office, I thought, oh, my gosh, get the machine gun. You know, we, we uh, get, 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 get the, the mace, get, get, get that weird uh, plastic fork that we got to protect ourselves, whatever you got to do. This guy busts in, and he's like, hey! We're like, whoa, what's going on? He said, hey, I need some prayer. So I thought, praise Jesus. We all <sighs> took a deep breath. He came and said, I need some prayer. He said, my grandson uh, was playing football, and he was playing around on the back of a truck, and he fell off the truck, and he cracked his head open, and he died instantly on the spot. They metaflighted in. They picked him up, and they, they're keeping him alive on a machine in the hospital across the street. And I heard that there's a group of people here that know how to pray. And so, would you please pray for my son? See, in that moment, I don't, I don't know which verse you're going to read. I don't know which, 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 how, you don't have time to fast. You don't have time to go pray for 10 hours. You have to know one name that's going to cover you in those kind of moments. So we just got together and we started praying in the name of Jesus. We pray right now, Father, you would be with that young man in that hospital and your will be done. We, we accept your will, whatever it is. But God, we know that he has a lot of life to live and a lot of world to change. Father, would you go in that hospital? Would you knit his brain back together would you do what no doctor can do not that doctors are bad but I know the great physician and his name is Jesus later that night our whole youth group gathered around the hospital there were some 200 teenagers they were holding hands from all different churches in the city praying and the thing that we don't always all the churches in this city don't always agree on everything but there is one thing that we agree on that's the name of Jesus they begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Within a couple of hours, they say that the young man sat up out of bed. And his name was Caleb Lemmings. He was standing in front of me in that church service. And here's a picture that the front page of the newspaper had in our city. They called it a prayer of a chance. 
the accident victim, Caleb Lennings, youth pray boy back to recovery, says his family of faith. You see, how cool would it be that the, the newspaper stops writing about, about what is going on in our city, the, the pain and the hurt, and they start writing about the one who heals hurt when we start lifting up the name Jesus. People are looking for something to rally behind. They're looking for hope. They're looking for a, a fearless church. That doesn't just mean me. That doesn't mean just on Sunday. That means on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you may have to say, you know what? I don't know if we could get with our justice system. I don't know if all this stuff works, but I do know one thing that works. And I do know a judge who judges fairly. And his name is Jesus. And I got him with me if you would like to meet him. Amen? Amen. And it's this Jesus that he's always been there. And we could go around this room and we could talk about this Jesus. And Robert could stand and say, this Jesus, he's my healer. We could go around this room and we could meet people and say, this Jesus, he's my peace. When all chaos broke out in my life, I, there was no one there to call. There was no one that answered their phone. But when I got down on my knees, I don't know what it was, but I could feel something in the room. And I just felt peace that surpassed my mental understanding. And all of a sudden you realize that was the peace of God. You say, he's my peace. Maybe you're in this room and you say, I don't know how it works out. You'd be like me and my wife. We don't even have a real job. I travel and preach and people give us money. This church doesn't pay me to do what we do. In fact, we knew we have to live off our savings. But I would tell you today, he's my provider. Yeah, because I've given more money to church this year into the house of God than I've ever given in my life. I've never had a day where I had to beg for food or beg for a new pair of shoes. In fact, I had a hole in my shoes this year earlier when I started, and I just kept wearing them. I said, God, I'm standing on holy ground all the time. Right? And someone just bought me a new pair of shoes. $300 pair of shoes. I didn't ask for that. I didn't choose it. But God handpicked it out. I'm not talking about getting stuff. I'm talking about getting him. And if I have him, he is my provider. He is my healer. What is he to you? I, here, God doesn't care if you know who he is to me. He wants you to experience him for yourself. So maybe you might have to walk through some stuff to experience him as a provider, as an overcomer, as a healer. You cannot be experience him as a healer if you haven't been hurt. You can't experience him as a friend if you haven't had any enemies. So sometimes we got to allow stuff that comes at us so we can prove that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. You say, God, save me out of this. No, I want to save you in it. Yeah, because then when you tell the story, the story won't be about how you had enough money because the job paid you. The story will be about, I don't really know how it happened. It wasn't a check in the mail. Just somehow supernaturally God just worked it out they call us they say look you you guys are one of the fast five fastest growing churches we just started this thing a year ago this is the second service you're one of the five fastest growing churches that no one's ever heard of look if we would have started a church in northern California we would have packed out a couple buildings we had conferences we had people following us we came to LA where no one knows us because of the call of God 
They said, how did you do it? How are you doing this? How are you getting people to come? We didn't send out flyers for y'all to be here. We didn't do mailers. You're just here. I don't, I don't know how all, some of you are new. I've never seen your face before in my life. You might say, well, I heard about this. Here's how you heard about it. Jesus gave you it. It's, it's, when they said, how are you doing this? I said, I actually don't know. We don't know what we're doing. I've never done this. I don't know how to be a lead pastor. What is that? They call it a senior pastor. I'm not a senior. Anything. When I go through airports and I write minister on my documents, they stop me and frisk me. Because they think, he's got to be lying. Are you, you're a minister? You look like you're homeless. Can you shave, right? You know what we wrote in the, the article that called us? We said, you know, at the end of the day, we don't really know how we did it. But all we know is that Jesus called us to go. And he has given us an assignment to reach people. And we love people. And we love Jesus. And that's all we need. You see, today, if I were to go around this room, you might say, he's this. He's that. Just like my friend Dave, he, he texted me. He said, you know, he's, he's, my, he's my father. He said, as a dad, I, I came across a situation where I didn't really know what to do. My wife was about to give birth to our, our second child. They told us that don't give birth to this child. You need to abort it because this child will be a paraplegic for the rest of its life. It will have no life. In fact, his brain won't really function right. And he said, you know what? That is, that is not what I'm going to believe. That report, thank you, doctor. I need you to deliver this baby but I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. And some people would say that's mean. That's, that's your struggle. That's your battle. That's your moment. you got to walk out what God calls you to walk out. But God put him in that situation. He said, you know what? I believe God's going to provide. He said, God is my provider. He's my dad. And so they had the baby boy. He texted me. He said, you know what? Within one week, pastor, he wasn't walking. The doctor was right. He was running. Amen. Here's a picture of him with his walker, little Caleb, running down the street. Because a dad said, my dad is a good dad. If I ask him for a piece of bread, he's not going to give me a stone. If I ask him for food, he's not going to hand me a snake. He's a good dad, and he gives good gifts. Within three weeks, he said, look, he's not running anymore. He's actually walking, but without his walker. He just took his first three steps. We serve a good God. So who is he to you? Is he just what others said he is? Or have you actually experienced him for yourself? Because he's just waiting. And just like we would have things magnified to us of who he is, we would also have things magnified of who he hasn't been yet. And sometimes those magnifications can be bigger in our heart than anything else. He's been your provider. It's been your dad, but he hasn't yet been your healer. And he's still walking around with that pain in your body. And you're still walking around with that pain in your heart, in your mind. And you're just waiting, wondering, God, thank you for all that. Thank you for doing all that. But this is, if I could have one thing. Have you ever had that moment with God? God, here's the only thing. I, I just have one, I have like one dying last wish. Can you help me with this? Some of us may have come, maybe, I, I don't know, just by chance, come in this room with that thing still magnified in your life. And it's so overwhelming that sometimes, even in worship, 
Have you ever heard, just, just, you're trying to focus on God, and somewhere in the back of your mind, it's just there, but he hasn't been this, so I don't know if the, all the other, I don't really, and, and you, you, you knew you were healed, you knew something happened, but this one thing, because it's there, it's almost discontinuing the rest of the stuff, and it's just magnified, and you're trying to, and the, the further you go, the bigger it gets. God, if you could just help me with this, I just I keep struggling with this, I keep keep going through this. Even Paul said, man, there's, there are things that I, there's like a thorn in my flesh that I just can't, it's just magnified. God, if you could just deal with this thing, this, this stuff, this, I've been carrying this for far too long. And I believe that even God himself, if he could come into this room tonight, would magnify certain things over others. I believe out of everything that God says he is, I believe there is one thing that he would magnify above all the rest. I believe even God would magnify something. Maybe, maybe if he were to come in here tonight, he would, he would magnify shame remover. Maybe he would say, you know what, I'm, I'm your shame remover. Don't worry about the rest. As long as you catch that and you can live life without shame, then you're going to be all right. Or maybe someone would say, you know what, I know what it is. He's the I am. That's what he told Moses, right? So that would be what he would, if God could preach a sermon tonight about here's who I am, he'd probably say I am the I am. What about this? Well, I am there. What about what I'm going through now? Well, I'm there too. What about when I fail tomorrow? I, I am there too. And I think he would probably magnify, no, no, I, I, think, I, think, I think God would magnify salvation. He's got to love salvation. The one moment, that all mankind was changed by his life. But I think David nailed it. The Bible says in Psalms, chapter 138, verse number two. It says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For thou hast magnified your word above all your name. David said, here's, here's what I think. I think out of everything that you are, God. I think all this is great. But I think there's one thing that you would bring up. That you would magnify more than anything else. That you is the word. And we know that the word was in the beginning. And we know in Revelation it says he is the word in the end. But why the word? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was going to do something, I'd be like, I'm the Lion of Judah. Y'all know who I am. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, I'm the image of God. I'm the king of the Jews. I, I don't know if you know, I'm the alpha. And the, I, I don't know if I would choose. It's like got to be the most boring one up there. Books? Really? words so why would he choose this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God why would he choose the word why would he choose if he came in this room why would that be the thing that he would magnify above everything else because your name is only as good as your word So if your word is no good, 
then all your name is no good. He said, I'm going to magnify my word above all my name because I want you to know that not one word is false. You ever met someone that their word is no good? They said they're going to show up at 10 o'clock. They showed up. They didn't show up. You're like, I like that person. They're nice, but I can't count on them because they gave me their word and they didn't live up to it. God said, I want to magnify my word above all my name. In other words, you can know my name is good based on how good my word is. I am good for my name because I'm good for my word. You know what he's saying? He's saying, in fact, if you take one of these down, you got to rip the whole thing down. If you take down that he's not my healer, According to Psalms 107, 19, if you take that out, if we rip that out of the Bible and say, well, I'm just going to live with sickness. I'm just going to, God doesn't want, this is what many churches preach today. God doesn't want to heal you anymore. Just did that for the first church to get it started. No, we still need that today. I, th- I think, I think Robert needed that in the hospital room a couple of weeks ago. I, I think, I think no one in their right mind could talk Robert out. You could go try to talk to him, but he has been revealed that God is a healer. So Robert, if he's a healer, he's also all the rest. He can't be one and not the other. He can't be half and not the whole. Why? Because your name is only as good as your word. And if his word is good in one thing, it has to be good in all or it's no good at all. If he's not all of it, we might as well roll up pack up the speakers, turn off the lights, and stop playing games. We might as well go do whatever we want to do because God is not real. But if one word, if his word is true, then all of it's true, baby. I came to tell a whole bunch of people, you don't just get one thing, you get all of it. You are sons and daughters of the most... Look, lyric doesn't, my daughter doesn't just get part of me. She gets all of me. The good parts, the bad parts, every part. She gets me as her dad. God is a good dad. He wants to give you all of himself. Well, then why haven't I experienced it? Because you forgot he was a dad. He's not, ladies, he's not like that man trying to chase you down and get your number. He's a dad. He is like dad at Christmas time. You see, most people are waiting on God. I'm waiting on you, God. Any day now be my healer any day God give me help me forgive give me life I'm just here I'm just here God you know he doesn't want you to wait on him anymore he wants you to come to him you know what God showed me he said here's a generation I have this vision of generations of church people it's like they know God's a dad but they think he's an absent father like he left a long time ago because he got mad and he, and he took off out the door. And I get this vision of a generation waiting at the door. And some people have been waiting at the door for dad to come back home for so long that they gave up and walked away. I'm waiting on God. God, if you could just heal. And we're begging. Have you ever begged God for stuff? You forgot he's a dad. And here's the key. He never left. We're waiting at the door for him to come back. And he's in the other room waiting for you and it's like Christmas 
He's sitting around the tree with all these gifts wrapped. And he says, son and daughter, quit waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. Just come get with me. Come grab me. Look, you know what God's doing? He's daring you to hold him to his word tonight. He's daring you to call him. Oh, your name is good? Then this, I, I need to know how good it is. You said that you were my healer. You said that you were my provider. God, I'm calling you on that. Look, don't ask a millionaire for a cup of coffee. You have a meeting with a millionaire? He goes, I want to I, I meet with you. I want to help see your dreams come to pass. You show up, you're sitting at the table, you're like, all I, all I really want is for you to pay for this cup of coffee. He's like, that's it? I, I sneezed and that happened. Look, come get with God. Look, the woman with the issue of blood, you know what she was doing? She was holding him to his word. She grabbed the hold of the edge of his, of his garment. You know what that was? It was called the tassels or the wings of the rabbi. The Bible says that there will be healing in his wings if it's Jesus. All she was doing was holding him to his word that was already spoken. If you are the Messiah, then there should be healing in these. And she reached through the crowd. She said, I don't care about the commotion. I don't care about the great message later. I need you to be healer, and I need it to happen right now. So, God, I'm holding you to your word. Look, here's a good God. We don't have to play games. We can actually come to God and say, God... I'm not leaving until you show me and reveal yourself to me as my healer, as my provider. You know what the blind Bartimaeus was doing? He said, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what he was doing? Holding him to his word. The prophecy was that the son of God would come through the seed of David. If you're the son of God, seed of David, heal my blindness. He was holding him to his word. What if tonight we just simply held God to his word? because we knew he was good for it. You see, to a millionaire, it's actually a compliment to ask him for more because you believe he has the power to accomplish what you're asking for. That's why you don't ask a millionaire for a cup of coffee because it's an insult. I'm tired of us insulting God and just asking him for part and some. I'm not talking about being greedy. I'm talking about being sons and daughters of the Most High God and saying, God, I need you tonight. I need you to reveal. I don't need another sermon. I don't need another service. I need you to reveal yourself to me as the author of life. I need to know you're mindful of me. I need to know that you are not just the king of the Jews, but you're my king. I need to know that you're my redeemer. You're my glory. You're my sacrifice. I need you as my rock today. No one has been my rock lately. I need you to rock my world. God, I need you as my holiness, my perfection. God, I need you as a shame remover. I need you as creator. I need you as deliverer. I need you as my sacrifice. I need you as my master. I need to know that you never overlooked me, no matter what I've done, no matter what I've said. I need you to know that you're the author of life, but I need to know you're the author of my life. I need to know your love. I need your salvation. See, so here's the, the good news. They made it real simple. We have all kinds of Bibles now, even in your iPhones. These are the words. These are the promises. And so when you're sitting in your room, on Monday morning, you don't have to wor worry if Pastor Jeremy's there or you got the latest podcast up. All you got to do is read the word and go, God, that sounds cool. I would like to experience that right now. 
Say, God, I'm holding you to your word. What could happen if we actually started believing the words? What could happen tonight if you actually realize that this Jesus is who he said he is? And if not, what are we doing? If you need him to reveal himself in some way that's either on this stage or something that's been magnified to you, would you stand to your feet? You say, God, I need you to reveal yourself to me. I need to see you as healer. I need to see you as provider. I need to see you. And we're going to just sing. We're just going to worship. Worship reveals his presence. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care where you're at. His word is powerful enough to reach in. we sing this? It's just music with powerful words. Let's agree with these words tonight. The nails couldn't keep you down. something I feel just in this room right now there's, a, there's some people in this room that have been struggling with depression God is about to set you free tonight and give you joy if you've been struggling with depression would you just lift your hands depression follows dreamers so you're not, don't be ashamed if you've ever walked through depression in, high, in college I actually tried to take my life because depression had me so great it follows dreamers, David almost took his life several times, several dreamers if you've ever struggled with depression, you're, you're struggling with it right now, I just want you to lift your hands. I know it's hard to lift your hands. It feels like chains are on you. It feels like you're weighted down. And we're going to pray. If you're next to someone with their hands lifted right now, we're just, I want you to put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray right now that God would give them supernatural joy tonight. That he would take off the garments of heaviness and replace them with the garments of joy and praise tonight. Lord, we just pray right now, Father. Right now, from front to back, God, those dealing with depression right now, Lord, they don't need another five counseling appointments. They don't need to sit with some counselor. They just need the great counselor, God. We pray right now, Holy Spirit, from front to back, that you would fill them, God, with laughter and joy. Lord, you would outweigh what they're going through in time with who you are in eternity. Right now, Father, reach in, God. I pray right now that depression would be broken off in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I call you on your word. Job 8, 21. Yet he will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Your enemies will be clothed with shame and the tents of the wickeds will be no more. He will fill you with joy and laughter. Now, in the name of Jesus, fill them up, God. Some of you almost feel like laughing. Some of you almost feel like dancing. Some of you almost feel like shouting. There you go. You're in this room and you need him to reveal yourself as healer. Just lift your hands. You've been going through some sickness. 
Isaiah 53, 5 says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. You're walking through sickness tonight. You want to call him on his word. You want to call God on his word. You want to grab a holy, stop waiting on God. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you just to reach up and say, God, that's for me. If you want to agree with that word tonight, for your body to be healed. Come on, if you're next to someone with their hand up, would you just put your hand on them? We're going to believe tonight for healing. We're going to call God on his word tonight. God, we pray for healing in these bodies now in the name of Jesus. Not in any other name, not in any other word. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Father God, for divine, supernatural healing, God. From the top of their head to the sole of their feet. Fire of the living God. Lord, I pray every, every intricate part, God, every intricate work in God. Some of you are feeling heat come over your body right now. You're feeling heat in that place that's been hurting. That is God healing you right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now I want you to do, I want you just to test something that didn't work before. If you couldn't bend over, if you couldn't jump, I want you just to test it out. And if you're not healed, tell someone right by you and I want them to pray for you again. Come on, let's believe for tonight for God to heal some people in this room. We can call them on His Word. You're in this room. And you've been dealing with a lot of shame. A lot of shame from what you thought about, what you said, what you did. And you're tired of that shame ruling your life. He is a shame remover. If you're tired of that shame, would you just wave at me and say, I'm just tired of shame getting the best of me. I'm, I'm ashamed of what I thought about. I'm ashamed of, I'm always thinking about, and I'm always trying to accept that I'm a child of God, but I, I've been having trouble accepting that I feel shame. And I run, and, I, and I'm supposed to run in. Just lift your hands. You've been feeling a lot of shame lately, and you want that shame removed now in the name of Jesus. It says this in Zephaniah 3.11. On that day, Jerusalem, you will, be, you will not be put to shame for all the wrongs you have done to me because of me. Because I will remove from you your arrogant boasters. Never again will they be haughty on that holy hill. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. God, we remove shame now. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, God, all shame, all guilt to be removed now in the name of Jesus. Fire, God. Call you on your name, Jesus. You're our shame remover, God. Shame remover, God. Come on, some of you that have been struggling with shame, I want you to speak in a worship like you've never been able to worship. I just want you to boldly before his throne of grace holy spirit we worship you tonight jesus
You're in this room and you need him to be your savior. You need him to be your redeemer. You see, Jesus doesn't come to make bad people good. He comes to bring dead people to life. And you feel dead on the inside and you need a savior. All of us do. And you're in this room. You say, you know what? I've walked away from God and I feel dead on the inside. I've never met Jesus myself and I've heard about him. I've heard about religion. I've heard about church. I've heard about the Bible, but I'd like to meet Jesus tonight. He has an appointment with you tonight. And you're in this room and you've never met Jesus and you feel dead on the inside and you'd like to meet him tonight. Would you just on the count of three, just lift up your hand. Or maybe you've met him a long time ago and you walked away. You say, you know what, I, I need him tonight. The count of three, ready? One, two. Remember, he's waiting on you. Three. Lift your hand, lift your hand, lift your hand, lift your hand. Over here, over here. We have a team of prayer people and we're just going to come to you. Right back there, young lady, right back there. Today is your day. Today is your day. We're gonna, they're going to pray with you back there. We're going to believe for God to do great things in your life. Jesus, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for the freedom to worship you. And Lord, thank you for calling us to the fearless life. We worship you tonight. Come on, can you just lift up the name of Jesus just one last time all over this room? Can we just thank him for what he's done tonight? Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.